as we are receiving the the offering tonight, I'm going to jump right into some some word. All right, uh, Scripture says that um, in Jesus' ministry they came to hear and to be healed. All right, so if you came to be healed, uh, I'm going to help you to hear first because the hearing is connected to the healing. And, uh, and so first we want to understand the ways of God, His principles, His, uh, uh, His purposes, His plan. Then His power can flow in and towards us and into us unhindered uh, by, you know, simple things like fear or unbelief or doubt or questions. We, we want to answer the questions, then the power flows uh, without restriction. Amen? So if you, if you did bring a Bible with you today, um, find the book of Zechariah. I want to read from Zechariah first, and I've got a number of verses for you. If you, uh, if you are here for, uh, you know, you're new to Life Church, or maybe you're new to church period, maybe you just came because you heard about some of the miracles that happen around here, and you need one, well good for you. I'm so glad you're here. And if you have a Bible to look with us, please do. If you don't, listen and, and watch and, and let your heart be opened unto the things of God. In, in the book of Zechariah, chapter 4 and verse 6. Well, actually, before we read that, why don't you say this out loud with me? And if you don't need this tonight, just say it in courtesy, a courtesy say. A courtesy confession with everybody else. Say this out loud. Say, when hands are laid on me, I will be healed. Say it again. When hands are laid on me, I will be healed. One more time. When hands are laid on me, I will be healed. Amen. That's what we're going to do later. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 6 reads, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Aren't you glad your name is not Zerubbabel? Is anyone's name Zerubbabel? Okay, aren't you glad your name's not? He went on to say, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Praise God. And so when the scripture says not by might, that's not speaking of God's might there. Uh, nor by power, that's not speaking of God's power. That's speaking of human might. Human power, the, 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 the might and power of armies and so forth, what human beings can do. He said, not by that, but by this. Never read those, those diets? Not this, but this, or don't eat this. How's that go? This, not that, something like that. Eat this instead of this, and it helps people to eat better, I guess. Uh, well, in the case of healing, not this, not your might, not your power. Let's go further. Not human might, not human ability, not natural power or even natural wisdom, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And if we can get our attention off of what we're able to do or human ability and get it onto God's power, God's spirit, his anointing, 
yeah, then we can get something done. All right. Uh, I know sometimes, side note to the beginning of my message, sometimes we think we have in our mind, we have this backup plan in case God doesn't come through. If, you think, if you're thinking that way, well, I'm going to try this, but if that doesn't happen, then I'm going to keep my appointment. I'm going to keep the surgery. I'm going to get rid of the backup plan. Approach God and say, Lord, not by human effort and human might and natural means, but by your spirit, I'm going to get it. And I'm going to get it here tonight. It's a totally different approach, and it's the one that works. So, in order to be healed, I think it's good to consider a number of things. First of all, I think it's wise to consider the will of God. Meaning, does he want me to be well? Well, the short answer to that is, good news, yes. Yes, Jesus never told one single person that God's will was not to heal them. In fact, if it wasn't God's will to heal you, now he shouldn't have put that sickness and disease on his son when Jesus went to the cross. And he bore every single bit of every curse and every disease and every, every sickness and every pain in his own self when he went to the cross. And so it's all paid in full. Secondly, I think it's good to consider God's timing. In other words, when does he want it? He wants you well, but when does he want you well? Well, that's an easy answer too. Because he took every sickness, disease, and every pain, and struggle, and problem, and curse, and, and everything the devil would throw humanity's way, because he, took, he put that on Jesus 2,000 years ago, we live in the time when today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of of deliverance. Today is the day to be set free. It's never tomorrow. It's never off a week. It's never put off a couple years. It certainly isn't. Never believe the lie. Well, God wants to heal some people today and some people in heaven. Jesus never told anybody that. Jesus never taught that phony message. That just takes people's faith away. I tell you, it's a good question. Well, when does he want it? Well, I know it's absolutely right here, right now, because, for a bunch of reasons, but because, for one reason alone, is good enough for me, Jesus already paid the price for everyone's sickness and disease. Number three, I think it's helpful to consider the methods of God. In other words, how does he do it? How does he get healing from outside of us to into us? How does that happen? Because obviously it doesn't just happen automatically. Someone said, well, if God wanted everybody healed, uh, then they would be. No, that's incorrect thinking. He does, period, end of sentence. The next question is, how does it get from where, from, uh, from where it is to where I am? How does healing get into my body to make a change? Amen. And so we're going to get, we're going to, there's a number of different ways that this works. We'll exercise and practice a couple of them primarily tonight. And then number four, uh, I think to be healed, it is good to consider the power of God. We should consider the power of God. Now, now let me talk about uh, the word consider. It means to think about and be drawn toward something with a course of action uh, 
the Greek word means to observe fully. All right. If I'm considering it, I'm looking at it. I'm pondering it. I'm. I'm. I, I, it's really taking up all my my thought space. It's really. It's really. It's occupying my mind, and nothing else is. If I would consider the right thing, there would not be room to consider, ponder, think about, or be drawn towards the wrong thing. And so we want to consider the right thing tonight. And and well, say, well, what do we consider? Well, there's a few different uh, things that, that totally work. Uh, one of them is the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. Well, what should we do? We should consider Jesus. Well, uh, what, what's, the, what's the temptation in when someone's got a physical problem, it is often to consider the problem, to consider the pain, to consider a bad report, to consider all the negative possibilities that maybe you feel at the moment or you think might happen in the future. And when you consider them, they occupy your, your, your mentality. They take up all the space. And when they do, you're drawn towards them. You're drawn towards the negative outcome instead of the positive outcome. So we're making this choice. By the way, this is not up to God. This has nothing to do with, 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 with God's choice or his sovereignty or, or his will. This is up to me what I consider. I can consider Jesus. I can consider the pain, the problem, the struggle, the issue. But I can make a choice, and I hope to get everyone zeroed in. I know we have huge problems in our day with distraction, right? Because we're, look, we're used to looking at, you know, however many words are in a tweet, and then we're on to something else, a new thought. And then we're, we're looking at this TV and this screen and this activity, and we're popping around from thing to thing. And, and, and when you find out that healing is impacted in your body by what you consider, then it makes you want to be able to focus for more than a few seconds, doesn't it? And I want to, con- I want to encourage you to consider Jesus here tonight. What do you mean consider Jesus? Consider what he did for you in his death and in his resurrection. Consider how he suffered on the cross for your disease. Consider how he paid the price. He paid it all so you could have healing to the full. So you can be uh, made well and made whole today. Amen. There is a temptation to constantly think about what's wrong. But let's get our mind back on his sacrifice. Amen. Amen. The scripture says about, about uh, Abraham. Uh, if you know the story of Abraham, he was given a promise by God that he, and he was in his old age and that he would be the father of many nations. And he was old, and his wife was old, and his wife was barren. She'd never had any children. They were beyond childbearing years. And yet he was told he would be the father of many nations. And uh, without going through the whole story, one thing we're told about what he did over in the book of Romans chapter 4, it, it says in verse 19, and not being weak in faith... He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So how in the world do you not consider that? 
I mean, think about your friends trying to talk you down off of your, your Father Abraham vision. <laughs> Dude, seriously, Abe, we're friends. Wait, you know, I, I only talk talking to you because I care about you. You're a hundred. Your wife, she's good looking. She's better looking than most at this age. She's still old. I don't mean that in a rude way. But she's never had kids. Can you imagine how many times those conversations took place? And what did Abraham do? He didn't consider it. He didn't consider his own body. He didn't consider his, his wife's dead womb. Right? What did he consider? He considered only what God said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only the promise. Only what the Lord said. And I bet you that took a little bit of work. I bet there were days he woke up and his mind went right to, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old and childless and what in the world am I thinking? And he had to say, nope, 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 not going to consider that. Father of many nations. You are Abraham, dude. You are the father of many nations. He had to get his mind on the right thing. He had to consider the right thing. And what does the scripture say there again? In Romans 4.19, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider. In other words, what does the weak faith person do? They consider the problem. They consider the opposition. They consider why it can't be, why it won't be, why they're never going to walk again, why you're never going to hear again, why you're never going to see again, why you're never going to have a, a function, fully functioning heart again, why you're never going to have any kids. Weak faith people consider those things. Strong in faith people consider Jesus. They consider His Word, His promise, and watch, they consider his power. They consider the power of God. Uh, look over with me at the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. And, uh, and so you can consider God's word. You know, Psalm 91 said, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. He said, I'm going to live long. If someone's been given a death sentence, Meaning a report that says you're not going to live out the fullness of your days and the length of your life here on the earth because you've got this condition. You can consider those words or you can consider Jesus' words. Or you can consider the, you know, even the promise there in Psalm 91. Say, no, 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 he satisfies me with long life. That means I'm not going until I'm satisfied. When I'm satisfied, I'm out. But until I'm satisfied, I'm, I'm staying here. And no cancer is going to take me out. And no other disease is going to knock me out. And no one's going to send me out of here early. What do we consider? Hallelujah, hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1, Paul writing to the, the church there, the Christians at Corinth, he said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come uh, with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Notice that language, I determined not to know. He's just making a choice. This is all I'm going to focus on right here, right now. I'm just going to focus on Jesus and Him crucified. Did he forget everything else when he said, I determined not to know? Did he lose all of his education and all of his knowledge of all? No. He said, I'm just going to focus on this. Is there ever a time where we just set aside every other thought and every other uh, you know, reason for this and that? Just get simple, single-minded, focused on Jesus and Him alone. This is when things really start working. 
He said in verse 3, I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. Huh? Sounds like not by might nor by power. He said, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. The demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I know sometimes we'll frequently, you know, speak about having faith in God. And of course, we ought to have faith in God. We ought to have faith in what God has said. We ought to have faith in what God has done. But you notice the object of faith right here. As Paul said, I want your faith to be in the power of God. There is a need for you and I to believe in God's power. I believe God. I believe the Lord wants me healed. Good, good for you. I believe that too. Do you believe in his power? Do you have faith in the power of God? That is essential to getting that power to go in you. Yeah? Say it out loud with me. Say, I believe in the power of God. Say it again. I believe in the power of God. Say it again. I believe in the power of God. Now close your eyes. Say it again. I believe in the power of God. Say it again. I believe in the power of God. Now slow it down. Ready? I believe in the power of God. Say it again. I believe in the power of God. Amen. Amen. So why do we need to say that? Well, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And sometimes it has to do with just focus. You say something for a while, it gets your mind off of the problem onto the power. And if you and I can think about the power long enough, the problem will no longer have a grip on us. Amen. But sometimes we're going back and forth. Power problem, power problem, power problem, power problem. So do something to keep it on power. Because there's no doubt many of us have kept our mind on problem for weeks on end. Yeah? And then we think, oh, I'm going to think about the power for 10 seconds and, and, and counteract that. Well, sometimes you've got to work on your, your noodle a little bit. Because it's been trained and it's been, uh, you know... <laughs> It's been used so often to go one direction, you have to, with some effort, put it in the other direction. Amen, amen, amen. Say it out loud with me. When hands are laid on me, the power of God will go in. Sickness, disease, pain will go out. I believe it. I believe in the power of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what should we believe about the power of God? How about this? Number one, that it is powerful. <clears throat> what do I mean by that? That it works. It's sufficient to heal. I believe in the power. We believe in the power of what? That it's enough. That it is capable of healing my body right here, right now. Yeah, I believe in the power. I don't believe the power is wimpy. I don't believe... You know, I mean, we, we, we are, we're used to dealing with things in, in such great measures. You know, uh, some people, you could go to the gym and stack on the, the, you know, the plates, you know, on both sides. And they can just boom, 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 boom. And someone else, they can hardly lift the bar. What do you believe about God's power? 
It's, it's enough. It's effectual. I mean, think about it. If, if the power of God can create a universe in comparison. If the power of God can raise Jesus from the dead and really all of humanity with him from the dead, what could it do with a, a, a simple little issue that we've got in our body? It's just easy. Nothing. It's like when Jesus said, he, he said, or the scripture said about Jesus that, that he cast out demons with the finger of God. The finger. Not even a hand. The, the, I tell you, so I got a demon problem. Well, you might. Get ready for the finger of God. I'm thinking he's not even going to take a deep breath. And the power of God is going to come in contact with you. And that demon goes, bam, splats up against the wall. Splat! Falls down to the ground. Yeah. Say, well, I have three of them. <laughs> All right. I just have a, have a feeling that if, if it were necessary, God would lift his hand for you. <laughs> if, if it were necessary, God would raise his arm and use, the, use his arm for you. Amen. This is no issue. I believe in the power of God. It's totally, it's totally enough. It's completely sufficient to heal everybody of everything. So someone said, what if I'm at the end of the line tonight? <laughs> I mean, those at the beginning, they get the most, right? And those at the end, no, no. I, I believe the power of God is, is sufficient to not wane for the whole rest of the night. I, think, I don't think the, the, the lights in heaven are going to flicker halfway through. You know, start to get dim. Would somebody plug this thing back in? Battery at 20%. No, the power of God is sufficient. What should we believe? That it is, that it is powerful. Secondly, number two, that it is available. We should believe that God's power is available. In other words, ready for our use. Ready for our use. It, again, it's not, hey, did someone turn on the power today? No, no. Power in heaven's always on. God is always here. The Holy Spirit is always present. So his power is always available to anyone who will access it. And in our, in our imperfect world, in our system of flaws and failures, most of us, I mean, or if not all of us, we regularly go up to power outlets in our homes and businesses, and we don't question for a moment. We just go ahead and stick something in there and expect power to start flowing, right? Turning on appliances and charging devices. and we, It's just, no, here's how you get the power. You just put it in there. And if, th if that is so reliable in our world, whereas we hardly even give it a second thought, we just do it. How much more reliable is the power of God that, that a person could have, could not only believe that it's sufficient, it's well able, it's enough, but that it's available at any time. I can just plug into it and bzz, power of God goes right in. I think we should believe that the power of God, not only it's powerful and that it's available, but that at the point of contact, it will flow into our bodies. This is what we should believe about the power. That at the point of contact, bam, there's an immediate and instant transfer. Boom, goes right in 
to people's bodies. Many times, many times over the years, I have experienced, I've been on both sides of the power flow. I've been on the receiving side and got zapped. It's awesome. I've been on the the ministry side where the power goes through me many times. And different people testify at, at various times. Some, some have said, I just got there. It was like heat. It's like a, a jolt of heat went in my body and it went all over me. And some have said uh, I, that when that power hit me, I could not stand any longer. I could not stay on my feet. I just, I couldn't. I just buckled under the weight of that glory. And some have said, I just, I just started to vibrate on the inside. I just started shaking. And then and, and sometimes it shook on the outside. And others have said, when that power hit me, I, it was like the whole place lit up. I saw a bright light. It was beyond what these natural lights are. And some have said, I didn't feel anything at all. Nothing. I didn't see anything. I didn't feel anything. But I got healed. I remember laying hands on one guy. He was pretty tall, and I, and I put my so I put my hand this, on this guy right on his chest, and and I didn't I didn't know what was wrong with him. He just came. I just he's some sickness of some kind. You know, you don't always have to ask. You don't always always have to know. Power of God's like a heat sinking missile. You know, goes right to the area. And I put my hand on his chest, and 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 I said, "Be healed." And he testified. He said, "When you touched my chest, I felt it in my ear." Thought. Awesome. Not by might or power, but by his spirit. The spirit of God knew exactly what it was. And it went right to that situation. Amen. I'm just a conduit, a vessel that the power of God will flow through. Turn over to Mark chapter 5. The book of Mark, the fifth chapter. If you know this story already, be more excited than everybody who doesn't. In Mark chapter 5, it says in verse 25, Now a, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. I mean, no, that's a problem. Ladies, is that a problem? I can imagine. Uh, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. How many know disease? It's so demonic. It'll not only sap your health, it'll, make, it'll put you in the poorhouse at the same time. That's what happened to her. She was sick and broke. That's a double whammy curse. Yeah? Verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, thank you, Lord. She came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. So stop for a moment. What did this woman hear about Jesus? Well, obviously, you know, it would seem that she heard something about his power flowing into people. She heard about the anointing. She heard about the power of God flowing out of him and flowing into people to heal them, even to the degree that you don't even have to get to his skin if you can just get his clothes. And of course, we learn from that in 
a bunch of other scriptures that cloth seems to be a conduit of God's power in addition to, you know, the skin and the direct laying on of hands. It goes into material. And, uh, and so that was a common thing. This is, we get all the details here, but the scriptures say in other places that a whole, whole multitude sought to touch him. They're just trying to touch Jesus. I, if, I just, if I can just get over there and touch him, I'll be healed. Why would you do that? That that seems kind of weird. Why would you want to just touch a person? It wasn't about about just the natural side. They had heard that when you come in contact with them, there's something about the connection that it's, you know, like sticking a plug in the socket. When you have the right connection, power goes. And if you can touch him, it'll go into you. And it'll heal your diseases. And it'll make you whole. And a whole multitude sought him. And this woman heard about that. And she said, oh yeah, yeah. If I can just get up there and touch him, I can be made whole. Amen. It's interesting. She said what was going to happen. And I may have used the wrong word there a second ago. I said, you know, she said I could, could be made whole. She didn't actually say that. That was a little weak and a little wimpy. Don't say I, I can or I could be. She said, I shall be made whole. She said, she heard about him and she said, if I can touch him, I shall be made whole. Say it out loud with me. Say, I believe, I believe when hands are laid on me, I shall be made whole. Amen. Amen. The amplified version uh, of that, that scripture there, verse 28, reads, For she kept saying, If I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. She kept saying, Why would you keep saying it? Probably because she was like us. She said it, and then a thought came, Nuh-uh. <laughs> but not you. Doesn't work for everybody. Or whatever thoughts came. So she just kept saying it. If I can touch her, I'm going to be made whole. Hey, by the way, if I can touch him, I'm going to be made whole. If I can just touch him, I will be healed. As soon as I touch him, that power's going right out of him and into me. If I can touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can touch him, I'll be made whole. It's not a works issue. It's not about, you have to say it three more times before it works. No, it's just about keeping your mind stayed, about keeping your, your heart focused. It's about considering Jesus and not considering the problem. It's considering Jesus, the, that, that he is a solution, that the power is greater, that the power is available, and that the power is uh, made able to flow into me upon contact. I just have to work the principles. Amen. So I, I don't believe in, some, some people have been taught this, I, and I don't believe in formulas. Well, you ought to believe in formulas. You ought to believe in formulas. I don't mean at the, in, 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 in place of a relationship, but formulas, they work for babies, don't, don't they? <laughs> I mean, they work for making different concoctions and medicines and foods and what? You use a little bit of this, a little bit of this, and you put this in at this time, and this in at this time. You mix it up, and it makes a cake or something. Right? See, does the power of God work that way? Yes, it really does. I don't mean to turn God into a formula, but there are principles that govern natural laws, electricity and gravity and these kind of things. There are principles that govern God's power. 
Because if you'll notice this woman, when she did what she did, she never prayed about it. She never asked the Lord if she could be healed. She never did any of that. She just said, that power is real. That anointing on him, I believe in it. And I'm going to go up there. I'm going to sneak through the crowd. And I'm going to touch the edge of his garment. I'm going to be done with this 12-year blood disease. I'm going to be done with this problem. Well, wait a minute. Well, you're a little presumptuous there. Who are you to say that? How do you know God's really going to do it? I like to look at people with success stories rather than people with just theological arguments. You can can talk to you all day long about why something won't work, and then we can read someone who just said, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You guys guys fuss over here. Could you go in the back corner? You guys fuss over there. I'm going to get healed over here. And usually anyone who goes after the things of God has to battle some type of opposition. Someone will have unbelief. Someone will doubt. Someone will give you a reason why it can't work, it won't work, or it shouldn't work, or why it's not for you, or why it's not for this time. There'll be someone with a negative voice. But I like these people who say, yeah, but if I can just touch, if I can just get up there and close, I, already, I believe that power is going to go right into me. I'm going to be healed as soon as, that's, as soon as that touch takes place. Bam, bam, bam. Verse 29, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body, she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him. How did he know that? Because this power is often perceptible to the touch. It's often perceivable. I told you a few experiences there. Uh, We could talk for a long time about different experiences. Sometimes you have a real awareness of power. And and Jesus is not even in a service right here. He's not, there's no music. There's just a crowd pushing up against him. And all of a sudden he's walking along and whoop. Whoop, power just went out of me. It goes on to say here. He immediately, knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? In other words, seriously. (laughs) Here they go, correcting Jesus. Uh, But obviously, you can see that what they're thinking, naturally minded, all kinds of people were touching him. So we know it's not just the physical touch. It's the person who says, when the touch happens, I'll be healed. The other people weren't saying that. They were just trying to get close to Jesus and bumping up against him. And and one person said, but when I touch him, I'll be healed. Can you see the laws that govern the power of God? It's the person who believes in it, a person who believes it's always on, that it's sufficient, that they have access to it, and that, and that at the touch, it will flow. Verse 32, and he looked around to see her who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened, had happened or came, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, how dare you steal a healing like that? You have got the gall just taking one without asking. No, he complimented her. Daughter, your faith has made you well. What do you mean your faith? What did her faith look like? It looked like, I heard about Jesus. Heard about that power. I said, that's for me. And when I touch him, I'll be made whole. And then she got up, didn't just sit in her chair saying it. She got up and went 
and touched. And that's what Jesus called your faith. And what did it do for her? It healed her. It healed her. Go in peace, be healed of your uh, affliction. Amen. Say it out loud with me. Say, I believe in the power of God. I believe that it's sufficient to heal. I believe in the power of God. I believe it's available, ready for my use. I believe in the power of God. And at the point of contact, it will flow into my body. I believe when hands are laid on me, the power of God will go in. The sickness, the pain, the disease will go out in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.